Orlando brings it over center, and Wes Uwundu will dribble out the clock. The magic. Put on the afterburners, Jack, the middle of the second quarter, and went into turbo mode, never looked back. Paul Jones, Jack Armstrong walked us through that one tonight where we were just kind of waiting for it to end. A rare off night for the Raptors. They lose by 29 to the Orlando Magic. 116-87 is your final. Gareth Wheeler, Josh Lundberg, Dwayne Watson with you. Uh, we, 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 we were brainstorming how we can make it through this postgame because there's not too much to dissect there. It was just one of those nights. So we decided to take some of your questions at Wheeler. TSN at JLU 1050 and at Dwayne Watson, and we'll endeavor to do our best to answer them. Yet another off night tonight for CJ Miles, and there's a lot of questions. Multiple people have written in asking, What do you do with CJ Miles? Some people were just simply stating, I cannot take him anymore, which is more of a statement than a question, but I digress. CJ Miles was one of nine tonight, provided an opportunity with Norman Powell away on compassionate leave. He had seven points. CJ Miles has only reached double digits and double figures in points twice. Total overall since the month of October. He simply is struggling. And the question is whether it's even possible for him to get out of this funk. What do you make of this? And does this scream to you that the Raptors need to make a move to reinforce, add to add another score to this team? Because that's what Miles is supposed to be, but he certainly is not. Yeah, well, I mean, if he's not shooting the ball well, he's not helping you. That's just the reality. And you use the word funk there, and that's probably more appropriate than saying slump at this point. Because slump, you think slump, that's like a week, two weeks. Yes. Every shooter in the NBA goes through a slump. Clay Thompson is going through yep. a slump right now. This isn't that. He hasn't shot the ball well basically in any game this season, maybe one or two here and there, but he hasn't been been able to put anything together. He's missing shots he normally makes. I was watching him pregame last week, and he was bricking corner threes wide open in, in practice. That's supposed to be his office. And Yeah, I mean, those are shots, even in games, the corner three over the last few years, like he's making those with his eyes closed. So something's not right. He's broken. And the Raptors, while compassionate about the situation, and Nurse sort of alluded to it the other day, that C.J. Miles is a guy that it's impossible not to root for C.J. Miles. And if you're not rooting for C.J. Miles, you don't know C.J. Miles. He's a good dude, and you want guys like that to do well. At the same time, this is the business of basketball. And you don't give guys minutes just because they're good dudes. If he's not earning those minutes, if he's not hitting those shots, he's got to sit. And because he's a pro, he's going to get it. He's not going to blame Nurse or or hang his head. He's going to continue to work, which is what you want from guys. But the reality is, this team has depth. Norman Powell, he's back. uh, Not with the team right now because of a family issue, but he's healthy and playing well. Uh, Kyle Lowry is going to be back at some point. The the thing is, uh, Powell's more of a scorer than a shooter. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone like C.J. Miles or supposed to be that prototype on this roster, right? Yeah. So if it's not C.J., then don't you need to go to get someone else like him? Well, that, that, that's a good point because right now the answer is easy. If you're healthy, you've got 11 guys for a 10-man rotation. 12 guys if you include Greg Monroe, who's 
out of the rotation when JV's healthy. So forget about Monroe for a second and say they've got 11 guys. So if everyone's healthy, it's easy. C.J. Miles just doesn't play. But you're right. You, you do need depth. You do need insurance at the end of the bench. And you do need those shooters. So I do think, to echo Jack's point throughout the broadcast, that's something that you've got to go out and you've got to look at. You can never, in today's NBA 2018, you can never have enough shooting. The Raptors have a rebounding issue as well. But I think if you look at this team and how they've performed all year, those numbers from beyond the arc where we know they want to be a high-volume team, you need guys who are reliable, and right, right. now C.J. Miles is far from reliable. Sweet. Yeah, he's played himself out of the rotation, and, and that's that's fine. And he's, he's I think he he's said, played himself out. I think no, he's, he's out. Well, like, yeah, he's played himself out, period. Really. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Josh, you mentioned he's a pro, so it's not going to be an issue. But this team needs a three-point shooting. That's what they brought him in for, here for. And you were talking about Norm Powell, sorry, who's great, but he's not going to bring you that three-point shot. I mean, I'm not mad that he hasn't got double digits, but he's shooting 28% from three-point line. And from a guy who is your sniper, you just need a few timely threes here and there. There's no rhythm, and that's a concern. So you have to find that from somewhere else. The problem is you don't want value in a guy like C.J. Okay, so, so Dwayne, I, I mean, C.J. doesn't really have any trade value. It's exactly. He has a a player option next year, which is well, 8000000 He's million picking and, that up. And, and, and change, of course, playing this way. He's running with that to the bank. So he's not even in a contract year. So what assets do you have to use to bring in a player? Or more importantly, what assets are you willing to part with? Yeah, because yes. there's assets, okay. right? So what, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question of both of you. What are you willing to get rid of? You know, it, Take into consideration that we're not t- speaking about a specific, a specific player to go out and get. But who would this organization, who would this team right now, who could they afford to lose? Well, okay. I'm going to answer the question, and I don't really feel good answering it. But I'm going to say a guy like DeLon Wright, who is a guy that they could look at, obviously, in the offseason, what happens. But the problem is... I'm not saying Kyle Lowry is going to be hurt, but he's your insurance because if it's not DeLon Wright, your next man up is Lorenzo Brown. And Lorenzo Brown hasn't proven this season that he's ready to step up. And whether when Fred is playing alongside Kyle or being that secondary guard coming in, I don't think, I don't know how much confidence this, I, I have personally in Lorenzo Brown to be So if, if, if you traded DeLon Wright, then potentially in that trade, you'd have to bring back another third point guard. That's maybe not as good. Someone else's insurance, because Lorenzo Brown's contract isn't guaranteed right. throughout the whole season. right? There's a cutoff date where they have to guarantee his contract, or they can say, okay, we've seen enough. So if you did make a trade, if you were willing to dangle a DeLon Wright, then you need to find another third point guard somewhere. Josh, who do you, who do you, you also need to, I agree with you, I think DeLon Wright might be the most expendable player if everyone's healthy, if for no other reason than you have two other uh, uh, rotation point guards, and DeLon's also in a situation where he's going to be a restricted free agent over the summer. If you keep keep Kawhi, if Kawhi stays, you, you Probably want to keep Danny Green as well. Like this is getting costly. Yeah. Then not only are you in the luxury tax, you are deep into the luxury tax. So Delon at that point might just be a luxury you can't afford. The idea then is get something for him now. I don't mind that idea. The problem is then there's a money issue, right? Because Delon's only making two and a half right. million dollars this year. There's not a whole lot you can get for two and a half million dollars. The Raptors in the luxury tax have to. Almost to the the penny, Not they've so. got some wiggle room. I think it's like twenty twenty five percent or whatever. But you've got to you've got to match salary. So the Raptors have to find something 
to attach to DeLon's contract that people want. That people want in the event that you're getting something back that actually you're taking on any salary. So it's it's tough. I mean, Norman Powell's playing well, sure, but he's making ten million dollars a year for the next three or four years. That's a big contract. Fred Van Vliet, I, I mean you can't well, you're not trading DeLon and Fred, obviously. Right. And, and CJ Miles, yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't consider. And maybe it's the fantasy sports thing where you just offer your friends uh, <laughs> two or three of your worst players for one guy and just come on, come Come on, I'll buy you a sandwich or something. But or maybe the confidence people have a Messiah Drew and what the and Bob Webster the deals with in the past. <laughs> one <laughs> one guy that comes to mind for thinking of shooters, guys that are out there that may be expendable, is Wayne Ellington with Miami. And I had somebody suggest the other day, well, why not CJ for Wayne Ellington? But it's like, why would Miami do that? They are are looking to uh, lessen their tax bill. Uh, well, with maybe the Dragic injury, the fact that Dwayne Wade really likes DeLon Wright, maybe yeah. that could be a proper landing spot right, there. Right, but they're not taking an extra year of C.J. Right. Miles uh, for a, a shooter who's not shooting sure. well, but you're giving, him, you're giving them a, a shooter who's struggling even more. Or you have to take back a problem for them that you want to make not a problem That's yeah, a little complicated. You. One thing I'll add before we move on is the Raptors can't trade a first-round draft pick until right. 2021. They've already given up 2019 in the DeMar Kawhi trade. San Antonio has 2019. And the NBA doesn't allow you to trade uh, first-round picks in consecutive years. So 2020, they're not allowed to move right now. So, so it's, it's roster players uh, or bust for this Raptors Basically, because because you can't yeah. trade that 2021 pick not knowing if you're exactly. going to be a rebuilding team at that point. Uh, we'll deal with questions on Kyle Lowry's injury status and the future for Chris Boucher that's coming up next. This is Tangerine Raptors Basketball across the TSN radio network. Played seven, eight minutes of good basketball there to start off the quarter, first quarter, and, and after that the wheels just fell off. Couldn't get a hold of him defensively. Couldn't get stops. Uh, just went cold, couldn't make shots, and that's the perfect storm to, to get your bus beat. That basically sums it up. Fred VanVleet postgame. Raptors lose by 29 to the Magic. Wheeler, uh, Lewenberg, and Watson with you. Taking your questions. Plenty of people asking about Kyle Lowry. Sat out again. Um, I'm not sure if it's his back or a thigh contusion. Is that being made clear, Josh? Regardless, it, it, It's back. It's it's a back. Um, it's it's abundantly clear that this team does not play its top basketball without Kyle Lowry in the lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I think the Raptors really miss Kawhi Leonard when he's out as well, but I think it's almost easier to play without Kawhi for a few reasons. The Raptors, up until this season, didn't have Kawhi, so they're more used to playing without him than they are without Kyle Lowry, who has been a, a focal point of the offense, of, of the lineup in general, for years now. And then also, like Lowry's value, is in making other guys better. He led the league in assists up until very recently. That's the type of player he is, whereas Kawhi does a lot of his work in in the sort of isolation, one-on-one scenario. I think defensively, they really drop off when he's out. But yeah, the offense really falls apart without Kyle Lowry. We saw it again tonight. Kyle's ability to fight the game in so many different ways, and it sounds funny because we're not knocking Kawhi at all, but you know whether how he shoots the ball, whether how he draws attention by the defense, where he finds guys in their sweet spots. Serge Ibaka knows this very well. His ability on defense. So there's so many things that he does for this team. Uh, It just makes it easier. He can play off the ball when Fred's running the point. There's so many different layers to what he brings to the ball club, playing with the second unit. So when he's not there... 
it's much noticeable how this team has started. It's, it's, and I think I made this comment to you before. He's also not on the bench. Like He's just not there. Like Whether he's getting treatment or whatever, it's just weird how Kawhi, when he's missed games, he wasn't there. Now Kyle Lowry's not there on the bench. and I don't know if they're being safe. Bottom line is, fans want to see these two players play together. And this team, we're going to see the best of them when they're out on the floor together. And I'm not sure how long this back thing is going to keep Kyle out. He randomly played a game in Philadelphia, which made very little sense. But they need him back for us to see this Raptors team play at their maximum level. They, they need him back and playing at his maximum level in May. In April and in May. So I'm cool with this, actually, because, listen... We, we talk about this all the time. We've talked about it a few times this year. Certain guys can play it less than 100% and be fine. They can still be all-stars. LeBron, Kawhi, those guys, they're big enough. They're athletic enough. Kyle Lowry is not that. He needs everything he's got. So when he's not at 100%, it shows. And we saw it this month. He was playing really poorly. And it wasn't a coincidence that it dated back to that first game that he missed early in December with the back issue. So they've got to make sure that he's right. And there is recent history to show how important it is for them to make sure that he's right back right. and we go back to 1415 remember he was top 10 in the league in minutes the first half of the season had the back injury Sucked in the playoffs. The next year, top five in the NBA in minutes, first half of the season. Has the elbow injury late in the season. Sucks in the playoffs. Then top five again. Wrist injury. Sucks in the playoffs. What happened last year? The Raptors did such a good job of managing his workload. He was 48th in minutes before the All-Star break. Stayed healthy, and I thought he was great in the playoffs. So, if anything, he was... Eighth in the NBA in minutes going into December, by the way. If anything, the Raptors weren't doing a good enough job this year in managing Uh, his minutes. Part of that is the games that Kawhi missed. Second game of the back-to-back and injuries and whatnot. Kyle was putting this team on his shoulders, and I think it started to wear him down a little bit. So now's the time. Get him right. And I actually think they need to do a better job of managing his minutes and his workload when he does come back. See, this is the difference. A lot of players in this team can play 82. They can put a team on their back and then still be able to play come playoff time. LeBron James is the best of the best, but I mean he, he does it every year. The difference is now, Kyle Lowry's 32 turning 33. Undersized point guard. 32 years old, like you know, not not the most physical yeah. specimen that you'd ever see. So I think it is be what a natural is. concern that this could be a lingering concern over the course of the year. Back, leg, uh, knee, whatever. Well, that's why, that's why you have to be smart with it in December, yeah, so it's exactly. not a lingering that's concern. That's the thing, exactly. And I know you want to see them together, and of course I think everyone as a fan wants them together, but yeah, you don't. let's be cautious now because you don't want it to be issued down the road. And I think this isn't the team that you know, you're relying on C.J. Miles and Lorenzo Brown when, when Kyle's out. This is a deep team, so they have the luxury of having Prisno who should be stepping up and playing at a high level to who can kind of fill the void when he's out of the game. Right. Um, it's just on a night like this where you need that other guy to pick you up. But do you, I mean, yes, in theory, but do you really need it? Like, really? Right you, now? You, you, well, need it, you need it in April. Well, and yeah. I, I, was just, I was just making making the comment, based upon the broadcast, and this is what Paul and Jack were on tonight, look out for Milwaukee, look out for Indiana, playoff placement totally... is all important. And I would argue that health is more important come at the end of the year. Yeah, no sure, question. placement matters, but I'm putting health over Placement. I agree with you, but I think let's look at the guys who are on the floor that could have stepped up and played well tonight. If we're going to look at that, and a lot of guys didn't. I think that's the key. It's like, but some of them aren't. That's the thing. 
I, I just think that the stakes, as we know, have never been higher for the Raptors. No. They will yeah. never be higher than they will be in in April and in May. The Raptors right now, their ceiling is higher than ever before. Their their aspirations are higher. So it's more important than ever to plan for the future. They can't go into that part of the season as banged up as they are now. They need to be smart about this because of how much is at stake. We're going to take one more quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about whether Chris Boucher this season can find his way into the Raptors' rotation. Might be a little bit too much too soon for the 26-year-old, as funny as that sounds. And some final thoughts after the Raptors lose in Orlando by 29 tonight. Wheeler, Watson, Lewenberg with you. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball across the TSN radio network. Uh, I think they just got a rhythm. You know, Orlando got a rhythm. Uh, like I said, we missed some layups, uh, some wide-open threes, turnover the ball a little bit, and... Um, you know, they kept going, they made shots, um, they played great tonight. The deep, dulcet tones of Kawhi Leonard led the way for the Raptors with 21 points. Was also somehow a team worst minus 27 on the night. Not his best effort at 7-19, and but really, team-wide, uh, team not good enough for the Raptors. 116-87 was the final in Orlando as the Raptors fall to 26-11 and on the season. Wheeler, Watson, Lewenberg with you. We did see Chris Boucher play. Play nine fourth quarter minutes. He made all three of his attempts from distance. Good for nine points and two blocks in limited time. And yes, it was garbage time. Andy writing in, he wants to know our thoughts on Chris Boucher and whether we see the Canadian uh, potentially being a rotation player in the future. Who wants to take this? Josh Dwayne? I, I like him. Um, I, I think there are a lot of tools there, a lot to work with. We haven't seen a whole lot of him in the NBA. Uh, he's been really impressive in the G League. But as always, the caveat there is it, there's a big difference between the level of play in the G League and in the NBA. And it doesn't always translate, at least not right away. And and Lorenzo Brown is an example of that. He was dominant in the G League last year, the MVP, and hasn't looked great in the NBA, although he's given the Raptors solid minutes here and there. In terms of whether or not Chris Boucher could be a regular rotation player right now, I would err towards probably not. I don't think he's ready Mentally or physically, we saw that when he was sort of thrust into action against the Pacers. When JV and Ibaka was out, he was manhandled, I thought, by uh, Sabonis. Had a tough time on defense. There's a learning curve there, but I I like the kid. I think there's a lot to like in terms of what he brings to the table, his skill set. And he seems to work really hard. So you mentioned it earlier, Wheels, at 26. He's young, but not that young. Uh, But I still think there's some upside there. I like his confidence. Um, he's not scared to take those shots. Even though it's garbage time, he's going to come and take his shots. I think he definitely needs some more minutes. I don't think he is, I agree with Josh at this point, ready to be a rotational guy. Um, the physicality is a bit of a challenge for him, but he is a good, he has the length. He's a good shot blocker. So I think he needs to get some more minutes. For the, I think they need to find him a few more minutes for him, but I don't think it's the answer because I think the matchups against Bigs for him are a bit of a challenge. I think it's in his best interest to play as much as he can in Mississauga. 
rather than at the Scotiabank Arena. Because 26, yeah, he picked up a basketball for the first time at 18. Yeah. So he is still raw. And this is the difference between him and a Lorenzo Brown. Lorenzo essentially looked to be going the road of a G League lifer. He's 27 years old, ended up winning the G League MVP award. It, it was almost, he was great last year, but it was also like kind of the career achievement award yeah. for him as well. But what you've seen when players have come to this organization and been raw, whether it's a Siakam, a Van Vliet, a Wright, a Powell, they've used the Raptors 905 to help them grow, learn, and adapt to the Raptors system. And I think that's what he needs. He just needs more time to kind of figure out how best to use his really unique skill set that he has that are much different than a lot of players in this league. Like He's so slim, and you want to make sure that he remains that, and agile, and athletic. And we saw it tonight. He could extend the floor at 6'10", and hit a three-point shot as well. So there's something intriguing about him. I do think there's potential there, but not yet, not right now. That's yeah. what as, a, as a raw young player, he needs to play. It's that yes. simple. He needs to play. And I mean, there's things that he does in the G-Week that he may or may not be able to translate, but even him in transition, pushing the ball for all those things, he has to find ways how he can get that rhythm down at the G-Week so he can bring it to the next so Fortunately, the Raptors are in a position where they don't need to rely on him. Yep. I mean, in, in the Blue Moon situation where you've got Ibaka and Valanciunas both out, then sure, but I mean, they've got a really nice luxury in Greg Monroe, a third center that is a whole lot better, I would wager, than any third center struggled, in the NBA. Struggled tonight, but that was... Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's a veteran, experienced guy that's that's ready to go when, when called upon, and he's not even going to be called upon very often this year, just needed right now while JV is out. So Boucher will get his time, he'll be on the bench, uh, which, I mean, Wheels, you, you guys made the point earlier that that might actually be a disservice for him sitting on the bench when he could be and probably should be spending those minutes uh, with the 905 in the G League playing big minutes. But he's going to get that opportunity this year as well, and I, I think he needs those reps. Right. Um, the Raptors 905 back in action tomorrow afternoon, 2 p.m. at the Paramount Fine Food Center if you're looking for something to do. Uh, great entertainment for the entire family. I feel like I'm running a commercial here. The Raptors back in action. Their final game of 2018 against the Chicago Bulls on Sunday. The Bulls actually beat the Wizards tonight. Take that for what it is. No John Wall tonight as well. So it was essentially Bradley Beal versus Levine, you know, marketing and company. Uh, the Raptors have blown the Bulls out in Chicago this year, but with Laurie marketing coming coming back into the team and with Zach Levine, they're going to be a better outfit than they saw last time. Still is a winnable and a should-win ball game, but still those are two pretty good players on an otherwise really awful team. Yeah, and this Raptors team is still trying to find their way. Like, they, they have to find those guys to step up and play for good basketball. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, it's not a sure thing, per se. And as has been the case recently, we'll be glued to the injury report and waiting to see who's going to be healthy, who's not healthy. Lowry was ruled out pretty early uh, for this game tonight. He was ruled out yesterday. We don't know what his status will be against Chicago on Sunday. And now you've got a guy like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam as well. They missed games earlier this month. They both took hard falls tonight. So we'll see who's in and who's Who's out? That recently has been just as interesting as anything else going on pregame is seeing who's in and who's out. And things getting that much tighter 
in the Eastern Conference. The Indiana Pacers blow out the Detroit Pistons tonight. Poor Dwayne Casey. 125-88 is the final there. So, if taking a look at the Eastern Conference standings, the Raptors technically, as Dwayne brought up, not in first place in the Eastern Conference any lo- anymore. It's the Milwaukee Bucks, 24-10, and 10, a 7.06 win percentage to the Raptors' 26-11 and 11 record and a 7.03 win percentage. And the Indiana Pacers are a game they're right behind the Raptors at 24 and 12, Sixers at 23 and 13, and the Celtics at 20 and 14. So it's really a five horse race atop the Eastern Conference, then a bunch of teams battling, scrapping, clawing for those final three playoff spots. That's how things are going to shake down, right? Like yeah. that's what we're looking at right now. Well, I'm looking at the top seven teams in the Eastern Conference, minus the Raptors, and all of them are like six and four or seven three into the last 10 games. Teams are playing well right now, so the Raptors team is kind of struggling. Yeah, Raptors 5-5, five and five, and the two teams are sandwiched between Milwaukee and Indiana, two of the sexier cities in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> both 8-2 and two in their last 10, and the Pacers have now won four in a row. Last loss came against the Toronto Raptors. So there you go. Uh, our final game, well, I guess this was our last game of 2018, so we're wishing you all a happy New Year. Dwayne and I will be back New Year's Day as the Utah Jazz roll into town, and my boy Joey Ingles... Your boy Rudy Gobert? Yeah, I'll take Rudy Gobert. Parlez-vous français? No? Oui, un petit peu. Oh, yeah. Impressive. Josh is going to be making his way to San Antonio, Texas. Why? What's Later on next Antonio? week, some guy named DeMar DeRozan's playing down oh. there, apparently. And Kawhi Leonard making his return. I'm to sure he'll get the hero's welcome back. How bad do you think it's going to be, Josh? I, I think people... I think people really hate him there. I'm not sure that it's quite I'm not sure that it's quite LeBron going back to Cleveland the first time or Vince Carter coming back to I'm not, I'm not sure it's quite at that level, but he he's going to get booed and he's going to get booed pretty badly. Now it's Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure that he's going to hear or care about it, but he's going to get booed. Uh, do you have your cowboy boots ready to go? I like San Antonio, yeah. the Riverwalk. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather will be like if I can take a stroll on the Riverwalk, but it can't be... Stroll in your cowboy boots. Uh, absolutely, yeah, there I'll have them go. ready. Good stuff, buddy. I'm looking forward to your coverage across all TSM platforms from San Antonio. The revenge game, Kawhi against... What that? I think that's probably going to be the bigger story, right? Kawhi going back, and then when DeMar comes right. back up February here, 22nd will, will be, be the, the DeMar game here, but yeah, it's going to be all about Kawhi. Right. Yes, and uh, we will have that DeMar game right here on TSN 1050. Jakob Pertl's big return to Toronto. Oh, oh, yes, the Yak. And Danny Green. Danny Green will get cheered, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they like, they like Danny Green down there. So and not to forget about DG, whatever. Um, happy New Year to both of you guys. Great job over the course of 2018. It's been a pleasure. Uh, take care more. of yourselves and your families, and uh, we'll see you in 2019. On behalf of Josh Lewenberg, Dwayne Watson, Victoria, Tyler, Natasha, Happy New Year to all three of you as well. Keep up the great work into the new year. And Happy New Year to all of you listening out there. I am Gareth Wheeler. Enjoy the rest of your night, Toronto.